so I want to turn to Psalm 46, and uh, I will do this over the next uh, two or three times when I do this, um, because this is a wonderful psalm. Psalm 46, if you have the Bible in front of you, I'm reading from the New King James Version. To the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah, a son for Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, and so on. Well, this is a great, a great psalm. It's often called Luther's psalm, and of course, I'm sure you know the setting uh, of the psalm. And uh, when under great pressure and facing furious opposition, Luther would say uh, to Melanchthon, to Philip Melanchthon, come, Philip, let us sing the 46th Psalm and let the devil do his worst. I like that. I think that's such an encouragement to us, particularly as I think in these days we are in danger of losing our spiritual bearings and especially in time of trouble. We're in danger of being subtly influenced by the world and its ways of being thrown by heretical statements of so-called theologians who have no respect or for the sacred or for the word of God. We live in troubled times. But what answers do we have? Well, we don't have all the answers, but we do have the almighty God, the Lord of hosts, who is our refuge and strength. I've been saddened in many ways by the number of men, the number of ministers I've had to speak to who have uh, seen the uh, terrible situation that's happening in Ukraine and Russia, Europe, of course, uh, affects us probably more in Britain than it does you in the States, um, but saying, what are we going to do? And having to remind them that we serve a sovereign God who is not taken by surprise by these things. Now, we're not justifying them. We th I think it's utterly evil and utterly wicked. But our almighty God, the Lord God of hosts, is our refuge and strength and a very present help in time of trouble. So let me just say one or two things about this um, this afternoon. Firstly, here is a sorry morning for you, but afternoon for me. Firstly, here is a present reality. If we were greater students of God and his glory, how much happier we would be. The more you get to know about God, the more sure you are about your refuge and security. So what do you do in times of danger? Where is your help in time of emergency? How do you obtain strength when the burdens grow heavy? Well, the more you know of God, the more blessings you will experience. They that know your name will put their trust in you, the scriptures tell us. The more we know of God, the greater our confidence in him, the fuller our peace, the deeper our assurance. Solid joy is a lasting treasure. None but Zion's children know, the hymn says. Now, the more you get to know someone, you know, the more you begin to realize whether you can trust them or not. The more you know of their abilities and their weaknesses. But to know God is to know life eternal. He has no weaknesses. He has no disabilities. He is the ever-present God who can do far more abundantly above all that you can ask or think. As the old saints used to say, acquaint thyself with God and be at peace with him. Therefore, great good will come to thee. That's our great present reality. Secondly, here is a personal 
deity. It's not enough to know who God is, but only as you can say, God is our refuge. God is my refuge and strength. Personally, he is my God. The last verse of Psalm 48 says, this God is our God. He will be our guide even unto death, literally even over death, as the Hebrew has it. So knowing God is not an abstract concept. This is not unsure, uncertain or unsure. Uh, thank God that we have the certainty of a personal God who has revealed himself to us in his inspired and infallible and inerrant word. Our testimony is the Lord is my portion, <clears throat> says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him or like Thomas to fall at his feet and cry, my Lord and my God, <clears throat> excuse me. Our confidence is not in ourselves. We've got nothing to boast about. The only thing we boast in is the cross of Christ and the glories of our God. And this psalm makes a fundamental assumptions, assumption that those whom it addresses have entered into a covenant relationship with God. It is not God is a refuge, but rather God is our refuge. But notice what we're told. We're told that he is the God of Jacob. In verse 7 and in verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob, who is our refuge. Jacob, that trickster, that schemer who cheated his brothers and his parents and his uncle and his wives and his children and his grandchildren, is blessed by God. Our God took up a Jacob and blessed him. My friends, I think that's wonderful. And if God can bless a Jacob, then surely there's hope for any one of us. So if you don't know this God, then this psalm is no comfort to you. And I urge you to come to God now and to ask him to be your refuge and strength. God is the protector and the sustainer of his people against any and every calamity. A present reality, a personal deity. Thirdly, here is a profound relationship. This psalm is to be sung by believers, by true believers, by true Christians. Now, what happens? Well, we as Christians face trials, don't we? And at times they may seem to overwhelm us. What happened when you came to Christ, when you realized your sin, when you realized that you needed a savior? What did you do? You ran to Christ. Did he turn you away? Did he shut the door in your face? Of course not. You have proved him to be your refuge. And so when you feel weak and the burdens grow ever more heavy, does he forsake you? Of course not. He is your strength. Now, I don't know how well things are in the States, but certainly in Great Britain, people are full of their problems and mental health and instability and not knowing where to turn. And often I say to my wife, what these people need is the gospel, the gospel of the grace of God. They need the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't need psychologists and medicine and and treatment 
They need the grace of God and the glory of his saving grace. And if you're a Christian, here's your strength. When you are in the fire, not if, but when you are in the fire, he walks beside you and you are not burned. When the waters threaten to overwhelm you, he bears you up. He is your ever-present help in times of trouble. And that's what our God does. That's what's so wonderful about him. He draws near to us in troubled times. God whispers in our ear the answers to the most pressing problems known to man. What are they? Well, in three questions, we can summarize them. Now, I know there's a lot more to say, but just understand. Here are the three questions. One, what will happen to me? Two, what will happen to the church? Three, what will happen to the world? Well, in the three stanzas of this psalm are God's answers. And if Rick doesn't uh, throw me off, then I hope to deal with them in further sessions. Verses one to three, God protects and sustains his people. Whatever calamity, whatever disaster may come to them. Verses four to seven, God watches over and keeps his church safe, whatever opposition they may face. And in verses eight to 11, God demonstrates his victory over all the nations and the defeat of all his enemies. And each section in my Bible, in most translations, is punctuated by that little word, sila, which probably means, I know there's debate about it, and if you're a Hebrew expert, then you will know the debate that goes on, but probably means something like this, pause, stop, let this truth sink in, meditate, and take comfort in these words. I suggest that all the questions of life are addressed in this little psalm. Now, it doesn't tell us the details of history. It doesn't tell us what specific problems we will face in the future. But it tells us all that we need to know for confident faith and trust. And when all seems to be crashing around our ears, our loving Heavenly Father comes to tell us that all is well and all will be well. Well, what greater assurance do we need than that? Here is a song of faith for troubled times, and we are living in troubled times. Can you sing it? Is it your testimony? Well, if not, you call upon God now to save you and hear you, and he will keep you for all eternity. And if this God is your God, then verse one is your testimony. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, and you will have nothing, nothing to fear.